Growing up in the Pacific Northwest, uh, we lived just over an hour's drive from Mount Hood, which is an 11,000-foot peak uh, that has snow on it year-round. And it could be hot in the city, but you could get up to the mountain. And one of the things that we did was to uh, go snow tubing. And I will never forget one of the times when I was in middle school, we went snow tubing with a big group of kids, and um, I'm flying down. I love to go uh, laying down on the snow tube on my stomach, head first, looking ahead, you know, with your face not too far off the snow, but flying down uh, the hill, getting going as fast as you possibly could. And uh, there was uh, a bigger kid who decided he was going to stand out in the way and try to, like, football block me in my inner tube. And I uh, remember not being able to control where I was going and not being able to get out of his way. And I bounced off him and went spinning off to the side and out of control. And I don't know if you have been around... Uh, big pine trees and snowy uh, mountains, but uh, when there's been a lot of snow, what happens is underneath the tree, it, it uh, creates this um, slope under the tree uh, where there's less and less snow down to the trunk, and so it just goes downhill, and I'm uh, spinning on my inner tube, I spun out of control, and went right down into uh, one of those wells below uh, a tree, and um, put uh, looked down at the last possible second and took the tree right on the top of my head and uh, was uh, knocked out laying on my back and, uh, you know, uh, knock, knocked out, come to looking around and uh, there's a circle of, uh, of people there, you know, hey, are you okay? Are you okay? And I was wondering what I was doing there. Have you ever had a moment in life where you're wondering what we're doing here. What what am I doing here? What is life all about? What What's the purpose? Now, lately we've been talking about Jesus, uh, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, and we have talked about um, the life-changing experiences that people had with him. We looked at the story of Matthew and his life-changing experience with Jesus. And we, we looked at um, the Samaritan woman and her life-changing experience with Jesus. And uh, we looked at the example of Jesus as the Good Shepherd, which is something that actually had been prophesied before Jesus was born, that the Messiah would be um, a leader, a servant leader, who would act like a shepherd would lead his people like a shepherd does. And uh, then Jesus himself described himself that way. It was the fulfillment of the prophecy and an important thing. And it was this realization that when God came, when God's Son, Jesus Christ, came, that he was loving his people and that he was caring for the needs of his people. And so we see over and over People have had an interaction, a personal interaction with Jesus, and it has been something that changes them and something that they are suddenly full of new spiritual life and then looking to Jesus uh, for guidance, yes, for forgiveness and cleansing, yes, uh, but in an excited and a thankful way 
um, for direction. And we should be looking to Jesus for direction, for guidance. I think we make a mistake when we focus on ourselves first to figure out our purpose in this world, to figure out why we're living here. I think we're, we're always going to be disappointed if we focus on ourselves first. I think what we should be asking is, is what is God doing? What is God's purpose? And the beautiful thing is that God didn't leave us to figure this out in a really mystic, ambiguous way. But in fact, Jesus gave us some very specific words And in particular, late in his time on earth, he made them very specific. And the people who were watching him with their own eyes, the people who were listening to him with their own ears, wrote these things down and they were passed down through the generations for us. Some really simple statements, some commissions, if you will, directions of how we should live our lives and and, and lives and what our purpose would be. And I particularly like the way that, um, and so we're going we're gonna to title this uh, message, Jesus' Mission, and it's going to be a two-parter. We're going to do uh, two parts. This is the first part and the second part to come, and we're going to look at uh, four scriptures, uh, but before we do, I just want to give you a sentence uh, that is pretty simple that we can look at uh, to help us understand the words of Jesus. And this sentence, actually, I'm taking from Pastor Ed Stetzer. I like the way that he phrased this. I can't improve on it. The sentence is this. As Jesus followers, we are sent to all different kinds of people with a message in the power of the Holy Spirit. We are sent to all different kinds of people with a message in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, the verses we're going to look at, we have on the screen and in the notes on the website, John 20, 21, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, and Luke chapter 24, verses 44 through 49, and then Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. So first, let's look at this. Uh, we are sent phrase. Uh, looking at John chapter 20 and verse 21, John records the words of Jesus in a commission that were, was very specific. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Now this is a specific context conversation. Jesus is talking to his followers and he's explaining to them what it looks like to follow him, what it looks like to live their life patterned after his. And he's saying, listen, you know that God the Father sent me here to earth to you with a purpose. And I am sending you with a purpose. If we're not careful, we can start to drift in life without a specific focus and a purpose. Um, And it's really important that we live with some clarity, some understanding. Who am I? How did I get here? Is there a creator? And does this creator have purpose for me? Did the creator create me by design? I would say, yes, the Creator created each one of us with a design. And though we might have unique, specific parts to play, certain aspects of us that are unique, that God loves, that God wants to bring out to light, they are also connected with a greater purpose that all people 
should be connected with. And a part of that is a simple identity as a Jesus follower that we are sent, we are commissioned. It is not just do whatever you want to do. Uh, just make yourself happy first and foremost and everything else falls behind that. No, if we come to Jesus and receive this new life, this forgiveness of sin, this uh, cleansing, this freedom, this healing, then we look to him and we are following him. If we are listening to his voice as the good shepherd to, to follow him in life, because we have maybe figured out that he's got an idea for how we should live that's better than our own, well, that involves action, that involves movement, that involves a sense of mission and a sense of identity. And certainly who we are in our state of being with Jesus is more important than what we do. But Jesus also made it very clear that who we are demands, it directly compels us. And I like to say it this way, the love of Jesus compels me. It's a, a fuel. The love of Jesus is a fuel. So peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you, Jesus says. Now, the second verse is Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. You might be familiar with it, but I want to focus on one aspect of this. Uh, number two, we are sent to all different, all different kinds of people. And this is... A passage that is misinterpreted. Um, and so I want to have a look at it. So Jesus says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Again, context, his relationship with the Father. Jesus is saying, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, we have specific context. Again, this is a commission. This is an important moment late in Jesus' time on earth. And he is making a very specific statement at a specific moment that his followers was like, hey, this moment was a big deal. We recorded it as eyewitness accounts because we want all of Jesus' followers to know it, to understand it. This was one of those moments of importance. Jesus speaks to the spiritual authority that he has in heaven and on earth, but and he gives us the directive, go. So again, he's sending them, make disciples or urge people to become followers. And then we have the phrase, of all the nations, is the way the New Living uh, translates that. Now, what Jesus said literally in uh, the original language was go and urge people of all ethnicities, he used the ethnos word in uh, in Greek. People of all ethnicities. Now, at the at this period in time, they had seen um, certainly the nation of Israel had been dominant. There were other nations that had been dominant. Uh, the Greeks had come and done a lot of military conquest. Taught uh, taught. Uh, as many people as they could, their language and their culture. And then the Romans had come through in this military campaign and built roads and established the idea of citizenship and, and maintained uh, security of those roads and aqueducts and all these other things. And yet, even with all that going on, 
people at this point in history did not have the same concept of nations that we have today. Uh, but they did have the concept of cultures, um, even the arts and sports and politics and religion and a lot of the different things about culture. Uh, people that were in the, the urban areas, the people where Jesus was at this moment when he said this, but also much of the early church history, they understood those things. Um, they understood and they knew people from multiple different cultures that would have been their friends or neighbors, their uh, people they would trade with or, or buy from in the marketplace. And so there were people of different ethnic backgrounds that looked different from each other, but there was also a culture that they were kind of swimming in, uh, things that they talked about, things that they shared in common. So you could have uh, someone who was uh, a, of a Greek descent, uh, who had moved into the area before the Romans took over, and then you had the Romans that came in, and and you know think along the terms of you know Italians that were in the area. Then you had people that were uh, Jews by their ethnicity, and, and then you had you had many others as well. Um, but Jesus makes this statement: make disciples of all the nations, or of people from all ethnicities. It's all different kinds of people. It is a very inclusive phrase that Jesus uses. It's make disciples of people who are from everywhere. Now, certainly, Jesus also does get specific about going to other geographic zones, but that's actually not the language that he uses here. Here he's talking about people of every kind. And it's so critical for us to make sure <clears throat> that we don't only bring the gift of Jesus' love to people who look like us, who like what we like, who prefer what we prefer, um, who look like us, smell like us, think like us, um, like the same food that we like, um, but... And here in Baltimore City, we all have, we all live in different neighborhoods where there's a wide variety of people around us. Uh, certainly most are African American uh, in Baltimore City, but there's people of a, a wide variety. And so even if I'm just going to follow this commission of Jesus here in Baltimore City, I still need to make sure that I don't just play it safe with only my kind of people. Because the love of Jesus compels me. As a Jesus follower, we are sent to all different kinds of people. We must choose purpose over preference. We cannot stay in a comfort zone and be a Jesus follower. And we have this purpose in life. Really important for us to not get away from it. So we are sent to all different kinds of people. Number three, with a message. Let's look at Luke chapter 24, verses 46 through 48. Jesus says this, Yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem. Quote, There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. End quote. You are witnesses of all these things. Jesus is sending them, he's commissioning them, and this is the message that he gave them. These words, 
there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. And what is repent? It's a turnaround. It's a change in direction. It's, I was going in the direction of only pleasing myself first to I turn around. I receive the love of Jesus, the new life Jesus provides, and now I'm pursuing the purpose of Jesus first. So there is forgiveness of sins. A sin is a disorder, right? Where I am out of order with God and his character and his dreams and his desires and his plans. God, who is the one true source of love, hope, peace, and joy. When I am out of order, when I'm not in healthy standing with God, when my thoughts cause me to say or do things that I shouldn't, or maybe even not do or say the things that I should, that's sin. That's where there's a disorder. So Jesus said the message that he's sending his followers is, there is forgiveness. You can be made right. You can have your guilt removed, your relationship restored. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. I want to just pause. That we would ask ourselves, when was the last time I said to another human out loud, there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. This is the message that should be the most important thing in our life. This should be a passion. It should be something we are excited about. Why? Because he first loved us. Because of how it's changed our own lives. Boy, we should pause to thank God for forgiving our sins. Think about how your life would be different if you had not been forgiven of your sins. We should never drift too far from our own place of being forgiven. Not to relive the negative of the past, but to be reminded with humility and gratitude of all that we've been forgiven of, all that we have been set free from, that we won't need to stand in judgment for our sins. But when we confess it and seek God's forgiveness, we are made clean, that guilt removed. When I am thankful for the way that God has loved me, I am more motivated to realize my identity as a follower of Jesus, where the love of Jesus compels me. I'm sent to all different kinds of people with a message. This should be one of our priorities. There should be nothing that can get in our way for taking action with this. But maybe right now you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed. Like, how is that possible? I can't do that. Um, I, I don't know how to do that. I don't have the strength to do that. I don't have the boldness to do that. It's only the crazy Christians who do that sort of thing. Well, I, I'm really glad that Jesus also said these words. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. So we are sent to all different kinds of people with a message in the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not meant to be in our own strength. Not at all is it meant to be in our own strength. In fact, the followers of Jesus explicitly called out on God for help, for courage, and for boldness 
to step out and, and obey these commissions that Jesus gave them. They had been changed by Jesus. They had been completely changed. They had seen miracles and they were walking in miracles. Many of them, their lives were actually miracles. And yet they still felt the need to ask God for courage, for boldness, for help, for the strength, for the grace, for the ability that they didn't have in themselves to walk this out. And so you notice in the book of Acts, you notice the stories over and over where the followers of Jesus asked for boldness. It was specific. It was a specific request, and it was one of the requests that they made the most. When was the last time that you asked Jesus for boldness? to speak out about the message. Ask, and you will receive. The Holy Spirit will give you the grace, the ability you don't have in yourself. The Holy Spirit will give you the strength. So as Jesus followers, we are sent to all different kinds of people with the message in the power of the Holy Spirit. These are simple things, and they are powerful things, and they are things that we are better when we do this together. Now, we're going to talk more about how we do this with specifics. But I know that you might be thinking, it's just not possible. I've messed up. Well, if you have sin to confess, let's pray about it right now. Right now, let's pray. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us. I just want you to pause. Let's just let's just get right. Lord, we come to you right now and we're asking you for forgiveness of our sins or times where we've done the wrong thing. But God, maybe also times where we've not done the right thing. Maybe we're not living following these commissions of Jesus. Maybe we're not living with this as priority, with this as purpose, but instead we're choosing our own preferences. God, forgive us. God, please forgive us. Please help us to see your purpose for our lives, that we wouldn't be walking around wondering how we got here, wondering what we're doing here. But help us out of a thank you to you for forgiving us of our sins. Help us to be compelled by the love of Jesus. God, help us to see other people the way that you see them. God, people that are proud or arrogant, people that are fearful, people that are broken. Lord, please, would you help us to see other people the way that you do? Give us wisdom. Help us to go forward the way that you want us to go forward. Give us strength. Lord, help us to do the right thing. God, we need your forgiveness and we need your grace and strength. Lord, I ask that you would please send your Holy Spirit to each of us right now that we could walk with the specific purpose that Jesus gave us. Help us to see ourselves the way that you want us to, that we would have an identity, that as your children, we have been made clean, we have been set free, we can walk with your purpose. Help us with this, I ask, in the name of Jesus. All right, so I hope this has been a good refresher today with the understanding that we are sent to all different kinds of people with a message in the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen, what will help you a lot is if you will talk with someone else about this. 
Get another friend who's a Jesus follower and talk about it. Bring it up. Ask questions. Is that really what that scripture means? Or what should we do about it? Or how can we take steps of action together? And, and listen, your your small groups and your, your, your church at large, there are activities where we do things that are specific to give you an opportunity to take steps in this direction. So get involved. Get involved. Now listen, part two, we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 through 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 through 21. Because if we are sent to all different kinds of people with a message in the power of the Holy Spirit, I believe that 2 Corinthians shows us it's with a new perspective on a mission of reconciliation, representing Jesus and his kingdom because of the cross. So this week read 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verses 14 through 21. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Grace and peace to you. Have a great week.